the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. John, the 13th chapter, starting at verse 1, dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares with it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he pours water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but you shall know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to begin an examination of this text that we have before us that is going to have us taking a look at these verses of Scripture that we have found for us here in John, the 13th chapter, um, these first 10 verses. And the topic that I would like for us to begin to examine on today, dear ones, my topic is this, the need for required, regular, and repeated washing. Amen. The need for required, regular, and repeated washing. Yes. Amen. Dear ones, with each one of us, there are certain things that we have in our lives that because of the frequency of their use, because of the repetitive nature of their use, and because of the required necessity for the, us to use these things, 
um, the requirement for us to wash these items on a regular and repeated basis becomes something that must be done. So we, we cannot avoid needing to wash these things. We cannot, we cannot avoid washing these things, not just once in a while, but on a regular and repeated basis. Um, it could be the uniform or the clothes that you wear for work, or it could be the towels and the clothes that you use at the gym after you work out or as you work out, or it could be the items that you use to wash and dry the dishes that you use or, on a regular basis. Um, but, but dear ones, whatever it may be, it is because these items are used by us frequently and repeatedly, and because these items play an important role in helping us to get things accomplished. And also, if not wash regularly and repeatedly, it can have a tremendously negative impact on us and on our ability to operate in a way that is effective and that is successful. And so because of all these reasons, dear ones, we have to, we have certain things in our lives that need to be washed regularly. They need to be washed repeatedly and they need to be washed uh, 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 it, it's required for us to do it. You cannot, you cannot not do that. You have to wash these things. And dear ones, what is true of our lives in a natural sense is also true of our lives and in many ways has even greater significance and even greater relevance when it comes to the spiritual aspects of our lives. There are certain aspects of our spiritual lives, dear ones, that whether we realize it or not, those areas need to be washed regularly and repeatedly. They need to be washed regularly and repeatedly. And dear ones, as we look at what the Word of God says to us about this topic, it informs us that certain areas of our lives, spiritually speaking, as I said, they need to be washed on a basis that is regular, consistent, and repetitive, repeated. You need to be repeatedly washing these areas or asking the Lord to wash these areas for you. And so one of the things that we fail to realize in the church and and among the people of God, one of the things that we are failing to realize is we're failing to realize that there are areas of our lives, as I said, that we need to be bringing before the Lord regularly and repeatedly. This is one of the reasons why, and if if time permit, down the road we may get to it, but this is one of the reasons why the word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Because it is as we come together... And hear the word of God being preached and taught to us. We are washed regularly and consistently. There is a regular and consistent washing that takes place. That is one of the reasons why you can know a person, a believer, a follower of Jesus. You can know that person is on dangerous ground. You can know that person is on shaky ground when they start to forsake the assembling of themselves together. I, 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 I was just telling Sister Ann about this yesterday. I just saw somebody. I'm not going to mention the individual because y'all know who I'd be talking about. I just saw the person and I saw them and they came up, you know, they were, they were walking. I was at the store. They were walking by and I was going this way and they didn't see me. They didn't recognize me. I just kind of leaned over, I was pushing the car. I kind of leaned over and said, how are you? How are you doing? And the individual didn't look up and said, I'm doing fine. But then they looked up and saw who it was. And they're like, Pastor! And the person gave me a hug, and they, this person hugged me. And, and I, you know, Sister Ann, if, if I had her come up here, I'd show you. She, this person hugged me and wouldn't let go. They would, they would not let go. I was like, okay, okay, here we go, okay. You know, and then I, I kind of stepped back a little bit, and I'm, I'm talking to the person and, and dialoguing and finding how things are going and everything else. And, and I asked the person, I said, you know, so where are you guys fellowshipping at? And this person said, nowhere. Nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. 
And it, this, this has been some time now. This has been some time, as I said. So since they left here, this has been some time. I said, we're not going anywhere. And then I said, okay, well, you know, you're, by, by all means, you know where we are. You know, where, you know what time, da, 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 so on and so forth. Come on back. Come see us. You know, we'd love to see you come back and everything else. And the person was like, okay, okay, yeah, well, yeah, okay, thank you, thank you. And then I said, well, you know, I, I got to get going. Let me finish my shopping, get going here. Person came back up, got another big hug. And this time they hugged even harder and they would not let go. And again, I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. And then, you, you know, you're, you're pushing away and you're seeing the person. And this individual, this person's fighting tears. This person's fighting crying right in the store, fighting crying. And I'm like, something is not right. Something's not going on here. I don't know what it is, but something's going on. But dear ones, as I said, you can know a person is on shaky ground when they fail, start failing to assemble together so that they can hear the word of God. They can be taught the word of God. They can be under the preaching of the word of God because the Holy Ghost uses the word of God to wash. He uses the word of God to wash. And so you have to be you have to avail yourself to be washed. And so and so, as I said, there was, you know, a person is on dangerous ground when they start missing those washing opportunities but there was as i said we want to look at this text because the lord shows us some things and he talks to us and reveals to us some things from this text that we we need to pay attention to we need to take note of now as we look at the text notice what we're told in verses one and two it says now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of, the, out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, dear ones, the main point that the Holy Spirit impressed upon me that I need to get to is further along in this text. It's further down the road in this text. But as we make our way to that point, there are some ancillary things, some, some secondary things, if you will, um, that we can see in the text that we would do ourselves a disservice if we just glanced over them to get to that main point. There are some other things in the text that are still vitally important for us to take note of, still important for us to see as we move our way toward the main point that the Lord impressed upon me to share with all of you. And so, dear ones, in these first two verses of Scripture, John gives to us no less than four pieces of vital information that Jesus was fully aware of at this particular time. John shows to us no less than four vitally important pieces of information that Jesus had full knowledge of, full awareness of at this particular time. We're told, one, that he knew that the time of his death was imminent. The text tells us he knew that his time to depart out of this world had come. In other words, dear ones, Jesus knew that with, within just a few hours, he was going to be murdered. Amen. Not just killed, murdered. Amen. He knew that. He also knew that he was going to be violently taken away from those that he loved dearly. Amen. The text says... He knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Amen. He knew, I'm going to be violently taken away. He would, he would sit, he, he would sit, he's sitting at the table. This is at the Last Supper. He's sitting at the table and he's there. And, 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 and he looks at Peter wow. and he looks at John. He looks at James. 
He looks over at Matthew, and he knows within a few hours, I'm going to be murdered, and I'm not going to see you guys like this anymore. I'm not going to be able to talk with you like this anymore. I'm not going to be able to reach out and touch you like I am right now. I can't. You're not. We're going to be separated. He knows this. Third piece of information. Jesus knew who his betrayed. He, he knew that he was going to, betray, he, going to be betrayed by somebody that was close to him. He knew he was going to be betrayed by somebody that was close to him. And fourthly, he knew exactly who his betrayer was because he was sitting at the same dinner table with him. He knew I'm going to be betrayed. He looked at Judas. Judas, you're going to betray me. And I know it's you. And Judas is just smiling. Hi, Jesus. Hi, hi. Just, now, 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 can you imagine just sitting at that table? Can you imagine? You know this person is going to betray you. You know this person is going to cause you to be murdered in just a few short hours. Lord have mercy. And yet, dear ones, yet even though Jesus was fully aware of all of these things, he continues to act and to operate in a way that was consistent to how he had always been. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able... After you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. He continued to act and to operate in a way that was consistent. None of the pressure changed him. None of the stress changed him. He continued to act in the same way. He did not allow the pressure and the stress of the situation that he was in to change him or cause him to become somebody different. Dear ones, let let me ask all of us a question, some questions. How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with stress? What impact does pressure have on you? It, 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 does it, how, do, how do you deal with difficult situations? How do you handle those things? How do you deal with them? What does, what does those situations, what does it do to you? 
Does it cause you to change or cause you to begin to act in a way that is different than how you normally are? How do you handle pressure? Everybody handles pressure differently. Some people handle it more effectively than others. Some people handle it less effectively than others. Some people handle it effectively at this time. But then in another time, you don't handle it so good. How do you handle pressure? What does stress do to you? We see here a picture of Jesus and the Lord shows us here that even though he is under the kind of pressure that would crush most other people, he does not allow any of that to change who he is or to change how he acts, how he reacts or how he responds to things. He's the same person. Regardless to what is going on around him, what is going on outside, he's the same person. You just say, well, Pastor Fields is the same person. He's always the same. Just don't let there be any pressure. Because when pressure comes, he starts freaking out and getting all short with people and getting all, all mean and grumpy and, and attitudinal. <laughs> all, all these things kind of happen. With some people, dear ones, you know, and, and, and I fall into this category. Tells you shame the devil. I fall into this category. Pressure comes. I just start quiet. I get quiet. I just start shutting down. I don't talk because there's pressure. I got, I, 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 got, I got things. My mind is working. I got to, I got to deal with it and think these things through and figure these things out. Sister Amy's saying, what's wrong with you? Nothing. But there's pressure. It, 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 it's, it's there. And she will know it. She understands this. But she's still trying to get me to realize, open up, just, be, just, just continue to trust the Lord. Be the person who you are. Be the person who God created you to be. Be the person that God has ordained for you to be. Don't let the pressure that you're in change you. Amen. Don't let the pressure of the situation, don't let the pressure, the stress of what's going on around you change you. Don't let the storm on the outside of you cause a storm to begin on the inside of you. Don't let it happen. Don't, 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 don't. The storm is on the outside, but it should not cause a storm on the inside. Where you begin to change and become someone different than who God has called you to be, who God has created you to be. He knows the storm is there. He knows it's there. That's a, it, it, it reminds me of how Jesus talked to the disciples. They were in the storm and they were panicking. And Lord, don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care we're about to drown? Don't you care? And Jesus woke up and looked around. And what's, what, what's going on with y'all? And he said, the scripture says he woke up and he rebuked the wind. He told the wind, stop acting like that. Don't you know who you blowing against? Don't you know who I am? Stop that. But then he spoke to the sea and just said, peace, be still. Because the sea was responding to what the wind was doing. So he rebukes the wind and tells the sea, just quiet down. Don't pay attention to what the wind is doing. Just quiet down. But then he looks at his disciples and says, why were you so fearful? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? He didn't say he didn't say you don't have any faith. He says, where is it? Where is your faith? It's misplaced. You put it somewhere else. You didn't put it in me because I told you, let's go to the other side. If I told you we get to the other side, doesn't make any difference what happens between there and there. We're going to get to the other side. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. 
So what does stress do to you? How, how does it impact you? How, what, what does it cause you to do? Or who does it cause you to become? Amen. Lord have mercy. Now for many of us, dear ones, for many of us, our sources of fear and anxiety concerning things, these the, the stressful situations, it stems from an uncertainty that we have in either one or both of these two areas that I'm about to mention. We have an uncertainty in certain areas. And, and one of those areas is we are not sure that God really does have everything under his control. So we're not sure. We, we talk about it. We say that. But when pressure happens, when stress comes, when situations begin to arise, it causes our ability to have firm conviction that God really is under control in this situation. That becomes kind of shaky. We're uncertain about that. Or the second area is we are not sure that we are living and operating in a way that has us inside the bounds of God's perfect will. We're not sure we're within the bounds of God's perfect will. So we know God has everything under control, but am I in his perfect will? Or am I operating in a way that is outside of his will? Or am I in his permissive will and not his perfect will? But dear ones, notice what we're told about this in the book of 1 Peter. So everybody hold your finger here in John and turn with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, the uh, fifth chapter, is where I want to go. 1 Peter 5. Notice what Peter says to us there. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. I'm going to start reading, dear ones, at verse 5. Notice what we're told there. He says, Peter says there, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Here we go. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your care, that Greek word for care is translated anxieties. Casting all of your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. Now, dear ones, the word cast that Peter uses here, it comes from a Greek word that means to throw or cast something with a sudden motion. To throw or cast something with a sudden motion. Now, the picture that Peter gives to us here in this word, dear ones, it's not the picture of someone who is throwing something in an, in, in an intentional and deliberate way. And so it's not like the picture of somebody who is throwing a baseball or somebody who is throwing a football, like a quarterback throwing a football or a pitcher throwing a baseball. Because with each one of those, there is intentionality. There is deliberate. They are doing it in a deliberate way. They're trying to hit a target. The pitcher is trying to hit the glove of the catcher. He's throwing it at a target. Or the football quarterback is trying to hit the receiver in stride. So he's trying to throw. There's a target that they're going at. That's not the picture that Peter is giving to us when he uses the word casting. The picture that the word, the picture of the word that Peter is using here, it, it more is representative, dear ones, of a picture of somebody who is trying to get something off of them in a jerky, sporadic, erratic kind of way. It would be similar to, to if, if Sister Ann and I are walking in the house and, and I get into the house and turn the light on because we're walking in, it's dark, and so we walk in the house, I turn the light on, 
And Sister Ann says, Mike, Michael, there's a spider on your shoulder. See, Lori, <laughs> Lori did it right there. She says, there's a spider on your shoulder. I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to just try to get that thing off me any way possible. It, it, it's not going to be, oh, just move him like that. No, it, it's going to be like crazy. I'm taking my coat off. I'm dancing. I'm moving around. I'm trying to get this bad boy off me as quickly as possible. Erratic, sporadic, just chaotic movement. Peter says, casting all of your care, all of your anxiety on the Lord. Lord have mercy. Y'all ain't, catch, y'all ain't catching that. Y'all ain't catching that. In other, in other words, in other words, the moment I realize that pressure or stress is starting to come upon me, I need to cast that off me as quickly as possible. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.